Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Al Anderson broadcasting from my home studio. A good friend of CJOB, a good friend of mine, joins us on the phone now. Ray Dubois, the president of Ron Paul Garden Center. Ray, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you so much for doing this. I saw a letter that you wrote to, um, uh, which minister was it that you wrote to? I can't remember now. Uh, minister Duguid. All right. And you expressed some concerns in there, being a business person, and we're hearing a lot from business people in the wake of COVID-19 and how we're dealing with this pandemic. You're maybe a little different than the people, business people that we've talked to, because you're essentially a seasonal business, not completely but talk about this because you would be gearing up big time right now to open up Ron Paul Garden Center over here on St. Mary's, but obviously you're in limbo. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, our every business obviously is affected. Every business is, is, is hurting. Uh, ours, uh, you know, if you wanted to, you said it would be the best way to hurt a business like this one would be to, to lob a missile of this sort at this time of year. Um, you know, because what you do is you front your front load your your input costs and your labor for uh, right now. You know, you're, we're sowing the crops uh, that will be coming up and then be harvested, if you will, because we are, we are farmers, if you will. And those crops come up in uh, in May, and uh, we kind of time everything for that mid-May to June standpoint. And um, you know, that May and June account for about fifty-five. 60% of my total sales of the year. So, uh, and you, of course, front load all of the costs to uh, generate those sales in right, r- right now. So it's a, it's a wild time. Yeah, you need that income from early in your season to kind of pay for the real big rush. And so without that early business, even if this, uh, you know, uh, lifts or eases at some point, you, you then can't do a proper business once we get past the worst of this. Correct. You know, you you make uh, you try you try to make enough money because here's the other thing: you, you can't hire people and say, "Okay, I'm going to give you a job for for two months." Right? That's just not how it works. So you try to make enough that you can keep a you know your core group of, of full timers and and band career people on uh, and keep them paid salary rates through until the following season. And it's just a cyclical business that way. And you know, you you go into your line of credit and then you hope to crawl out of it in uh, early May and then kind of suck enough away that you can go back into your line of credit in the following year and you just it's just the nature of the beast so it's a it's a it's a tense time right now you know if we if we get out of this thing and by early may which i don't see happening then it's more it'll be more like a you know like a bad relationship with a with a bad breakup and uh if it goes past June into July, it could be uh, very, very hurtful. So we just, uh, you know, a lot of sleepless nights, Hal. Yeah. Um, I hope I can share this. You were saying you're getting three, four hours. And, and you're not alone. We're not talking about anything. Ray is not a – Ray is a special guy. I really like Ray. But you're not special in the sense that a lot of people are losing sleep right now. I think, like anybody, uh, as soon as the eyes open, the, the rat, you know, the rat fly, hops on the flywheel and you start thinking, right? And then you, so you try to flip and flop. But you know, I know my, I woke up this morning at five and uh, went, finally fell asleep at around two, and my wife was was gone, and uh, our daughter came into our room and said, "Where's mom?" I thought she'd crawled in with you, and she's like, "No." And so I sent her a note, and she left the house at four thirty to come to work because she couldn't, she couldn't. So she was uh, seating trays at four thirty this morning. So. You know, it's just one of those things as a yeah. business owner, right? <laughs> yeah, right.
right. And individuals, too, are dealing with the same thing. You know, you're deal- maybe dealing with it at, at a different level involving more people. But, you know, even individuals are, are trying to figure all this stuff out. So uh, before I run out of time, what's this, what's this? is there a solution here? You wrote to the minister. What are you hoping? Did you make any suggestions? What are your, what are your thoughts on, on how we deal with this? Well, before I give those, I just want to say, you know, our staff are, are also anxious. Everybody's anxious. People with jobs, and you know, everyone's anxious. So it's it's not just me. We're all going through this, and what a crazy time. And, you know, as Manitobans, we'll pull together. It's just a crazy time. Uh, to answer your question, um, you know, I'm working with uh, the BDC right now to see if they, uh, they've they got some programs that are available. Um, and, of course, uh, our bank's been great to us, and, uh, you know, we're just uh, I'm trying to think – you know, three to six months out, uh, rather than getting caught flat-footed, um, and uh, you know, we're, we're thinking of how we can make sure that we keep our uh, our career people working, and we're just trying to to shift. You know, we're we're changing our crops and uh, trying to grow more edible stuff, and then shifting our focus here into growing a lot of things here, hothouse tomatoes and those kinds of things, and. So we're just uh, hoping that we can get through, and hopefully that maybe the the BDC can help, and maybe with some loans of some sort to to help if things go real bad. So that's interesting. So you're sort of looking at maybe uh, uh, bringing in products that because more and more people being at home, uh, worrying about the shortage of certain foods out there, may very well look to growing at home, and that's certainly something you can help them with. Oh yeah, we've well, we we set up our online ordering already. We can deliver the plants. We're delivering seeds. We can do a, a host of things. So we we've set that up. We've been doing a gravel soil delivery. So it's you know it's we're just dovetailing that that business now, and we're going to shift production to uh, we've shifted about fifty percent now over to uh, stuff that people can eat and versus decorative crops. And uh, you know we're going to be we have a small little boutique hothouse tomato operation and peppers and stuff that. I I do every year just to, to, for fun, but we're ramping that up too, and so we're just trying to shift some things over here. Ray, thanks for telling your story. Good luck with this. I'll, you know, uh, any and if I can help you with anything, you let me know. Uh, I'll just say quickly, we don't need to go into a lot of detail. Ray is one of the good guys. He does a lot of stuff for charity. And when I found myself unemployed, Ray made sure to send a Christmas tree to my door every year, and I will never forget your kindness. And uh, I believe in karma, man, and we're all going to be okay, and especially a guy like you is going to be okay, Ray. Thanks for your time, Hal. Have a good day. And uh, joining us on the phone now, Jonathan Allward. He is the uh, director for the Prairie Region for the CFIB, Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Jonathan, good afternoon. Well, thanks for having me, Hal. Yeah, thank you for doing this. We were just talking to Ray Dubois over at Ron Paul Garden Center. Obviously, listen, individuals are really concerned about this, um, not just the health part of COVID-19. That's a big concern, the number one concern, but then the impact. And the impact has been great so far on business. And, and not knowing where this is going to go, how long it's going to last, um, that gets real scary. And I know that uh, business confidence or optimism is at an all-time low. Yeah, that's that's exactly. And and very unfortunate today we put out our, our monthly business barometer, which we're actually doing now twice monthly because everything is obviously changing 
so quickly, and it's it's a historic low for as long as we've been doing our barometer, even back into the early 90s, uh, even looking at the recession in 2008-2009, business optimism is the lowest it's ever been in Manitoba, lowest it's ever been uh, on average across the country. So we're certainly looking for lots of help from governments across the country to make sure that we still have small businesses that can can stay afloat or, or reopen when the pandemic's eventually behind us. Yesterday you had another news conference. You're doing these at least day. It seems almost like at least daily, sometimes twice a day. You had <laughs> one out yesterday as well, and the headline you were on with Jeff Courier talking about this. Uh, but let's revisit that. The headline, nearly a third of small businesses may close within the month without more COVID-19 relief. I mean, a third? Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly. Look, I, I can tell you when when the data first came in, you know, you're you're shocked. But then you start thinking of all the calls that we've been getting. We've been getting 10 to 12 times as many calls from business owners with help like layoffs, temporary layoffs, staff reductions, hour reductions, you know, or or completely. And, you know, the data makes sense, unfortunately. So, again, to your point, like, we're looking for more help from government, uh, you know, not just the federal government, provincial and municipal governments as well, to help uh, businesses with their cash flows, uh, ideally a, a wage subsidy in the meantime, um, but at the same time, we're also going to be con- continuing this data because one of the real positives for me in Manitoba is um, how every level of government has wanted this information. They care about small businesses. They understand how important they are to our economy. So, you know, I've, I've in the last uh, 48 hours, I've spoken with uh, Manitoba's Minister of Finance. I've spoken with all uh, three opposition leaders in the province, uh, the city's finance chair, among others. Um, but now we need to make sure that, that that message is getting through and that help's actually coming out the door. You know, Jonathan, I'm, I'm really trying to cut the politicians some slack. I think we can mm-hmm. deal with, you know, how fast or slow they were to deal with things later. I think right now um, we just got to try and, and get her done. Uh, you mentioned all the various levels of government. Um, what we're, how are you feeling about that? Because we, we are getting some answers. We're getting generally helps on the way, but we're not hearing a lot of specifics. And, and business people yeah. like Ray Dubois are, are scared to death, right? Yeah, especially when you look at small businesses, they have cash flow problems often that big businesses don't. They don't have as much of a cushion, right? They're more reliant on on more of a consistent stream of revenues coming in. And I'll, just to give you an example, I talked to with, uh, one owner who has a massage therapy clinic and several people working under them. Um, they've been forced to close, unfortunately, but he still has rent due at the end of this month. And when we talk about somewhere between a quarter and a third of, of our small business owners here in the province won't be able to survive a month uh, with these cash flow problems. That's why. It's because they still have rent due or mortgage payment or they have huge property tax bills, lots of utilities, all these other things that are coming due the end of the month and they don't necessarily have that kind of a cushion. Because, you know, the other side of this, especially with small business owners, they want to keep their staff on as long as possible. They work with them so closely every single day. It's not a decision they make lightly when they're reducing hours or, or laying staff off. So they've often even just tried to uh, to keep those staff on as long as possible. They've eaten into much of their savings. And here's another worry that I have too, Jonathan. Uh, you know, I talked to some of my entrepreneur friends, some of my 
my small business friends. And while many of them have shut down, and that's unfortunate because people have to be laid off or arrangements have to be made for them, uh, whether, you know, an employer helps them out with the rent. A lot of people are, a lot of business people are, are doing what they can to help their employees, right? But beyond that, yeah, sometimes business people can hunker down and, and maybe get through this. But I worry about the businesses that shut down and then never reopen at some point. Well, and that's exactly, and I heard uh, on social media, one of, if not my favorite restaurants in the city here, you know, they, they decided to close, but they still have all these bills to pay in the meantime, and they're not sure if they're ever going to be able to reopen. And, you know, when you start thinking about that, all of your favorite places across the city or the province, you know, and all the staff that depend on them, that's, that is a huge concern. So, like, one of the things we're asking for provincial and local governments to do across the province are defer property taxes, and that's all of them. In Winnipeg, that's not just municipal property taxes, that's school property taxes. Businesses pay way more in school property taxes than residents do. And also, Winnipeg has its own business tax. You know, when you look at that, when you look at the utilities, if we can um, push this back, give them time to be able to pay when things uh, eventually do rebound, then hopefully we can at least save a lot of those businesses that are forced to close today so they can reopen eventually in three months. And obviously as we get those announcements, you know, we'll have them here on, on CGOB. I know Mayor Bullman was on with the start this morning with McLean, McGarry, and McNabb, and property taxes and business taxes were discussed, but so far nothing. Uh, he says they're looking at it, they're working on it, and uh, obviously when we get those announcements, uh, we'll have them for you here on CGOB at CGOB.com and on Global News Television at 6 and 10 uh, each evening. You mentioned, and I want to go back to this final question here, Jonathan, you talked about a wage subsidy. This is an idea uh, that the CFIB has to retain employees, for businesses to retain employees. I think the number is a 75% wage subsidy, if uh, memory serves me. Talk a little bit about that. What does that look like? How can that help? Yeah, absolutely. At, at the national level, this is our, our biggest ask. This is the one that we think is going to be the most helpful to, to support businesses and, and absolutely their staff in the meantime. And, and you know, for example, I talked with this, <laughs> the leaders of the, the NDP, Liberals, Green Party, Finance Minister about this, even within Manitoba in the last couple of days. The, I think they all understand the need for it. And uh, I know uh, the Prime Minister today had, had basically said that the idea of increasing it is still on the table. But what, what Canada brought forward was a 10% wage subsidy, which from, you know, it's, it's welcomed help. But what I've heard from many business owners is that's not going to be the difference from being able to keep my staff on board and keep my business afloat. If you look at uh, lots of countries now in Europe, I think uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, uh, even the the UK, they announced an 80% wage subsidy so these small businesses can keep staff on. That's going to be the best way to go because not only are you are you keeping the company intact, but you're positioning them very well for when the, the pandemic is eventually behind us, we can get back to work as effortlessly and efficiently as possible to get our economy back up to speed again. Jonathan, thanks for your time. All the best, and uh, tell your members we're thinking of them and uh, and rooting for them. And uh, I really do believe, whether it's a small business or an individual, if we work together on this and we just try and work together, I, I think we can figure out a way through this, and uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks. Oh, well, thanks for having me. 
Stefano Grande, the president and CEO of the Children's Hospital Foundation, uh, Foundation, joins us now on the phone. Stefano, good afternoon. Hi, Hal. I'll tell you what, um, this COVID-19 thing is obviously very serious, and uh, we're all over it. But I have been watching some of the developments, some of the announcements uh, out of Children's Hospital and uh, the Children's Hospital Foundation, and there's some real nice stuff happening there. Tell us about some of it. Thanks, Alan. You're right. I, I'd like to acknowledge our entire community is facing a difficult situation right now, you know, with the job losses and with business closures. But what's amazing, how during this time, and you know this better than anyone, how our community responds, even at a time like this, when there's a need. So on, on Friday, the hospital gave us a call and said, look, we've got kids here in the hospital. Uh, we have this, this, this policy now that unfortunately only one parent or guardian at a time can be here. These kids need to stay connected with their family members, their friends, and even their pets. Can you find us some iPads? Can you find us some tablets? Uh, we said yes right away over the weekend. We were able to phone a few donors, and before you know it, Monday morning, we, uh, with the help of uh, our donors, one anonymous, uh, Red River Co-op as well, we delivered 40 tablets, which right now are being set up and, uh, and properly, uh, properly organized for the kids. So, so it's incredible to see uh, that during this crisis, all of us are coming together. And this is just one example that we see across our city, uh, Hal. Yeah, you know, we're, uh, we've got the website helpnextdoormb.ca where people in need are being helped by people that want to help. Uh, we've now got the province asking businesses to help with items like masks and gloves and gowns to sort of bolster supplies. Uh, and you just mentioned a co-op and some other donors making that happen. And we'll put it out to listeners now. Um, if they're in a situation where they can afford to make a donation, I know you will gladly take the money at the foundation and put it to good use. Yeah, thank you, Hal. I think, again, you know, we're, we're all facing challenging times. We all recognize how terrible events uh, are, are, are on a downward spiral, too. And so we're, we're asking any donor that can, is able to, please visit our website, uh, goodbear.ca. Uh, the Children's Hospital keeps asking us for, for the next need the next uh, immediate uh, uh, item that we can provide support to them with. And uh, we, we would like to just keep our, keep our lines of communications open with our donors who are able to. So just please visit our website. Goodbear.ca, goodbear.ca, real easy website. And, again, um, you know, uh, there are people out there that can help out, and I would encourage them to. I mean, it, I had a thought knowing that we were going to chat today, Stefano, and, and you know, as, as I said earlier, Cam and I, my producer, were chatting, and we're talking about how we, we feel blessed to be working, and many people aren't. Uh, imagine, you know, being a, a sick kid in children's hospital and uh, how, uh, you know, they can't even have more than one parent or family member with them in the room as they deal with this. And, and now with these tablets and, and phones and stuff, that uh, is somewhat better. So, again, I, I just think it's, well, you know how I feel about the work you guys do at Children's Hospital Foundation. So keep it up, and, and hopefully my listeners will uh, help out if they can. Final 30 seconds or a minute here to you, Stefano. What else? Well, you know how I just want to thank you for all the work that you're doing in bringing our community together and getting these messages out. And, and you're right, these kids, you know, the, the number one priority for us at the hospital, for us in our community, is to keep those 140 kids safe and keep this virus out of that hospital. And so at tough times, I mean, tough, tough restrictions. And, 
And, um, you know, some of the other things that the kids are looking for are, are movies, access to keeping their minds occupied as they're going through their surgeries, as they're getting their treatments. Uh, some, some wonderful programs like our clown program, music and art therapy program. All these programs are, are, are threatened with this downturn in our economy. So, again, if there's any way that we can uh, rise to the occasion and make sure these kids are taken care of during this difficult time, it's much, much appreciated. And thank you, Hal, again. Goodbear.ca is the website. Goodbear.ca. Stefano, thank you. Thank you. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.